Today's episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people. So if you're a runner, a cyclist, a strength trainer, or an OCR athlete, like you probably are since you're listening to this podcast, and you don't have life insurance, I would hit up Health IQ because they offer discounts for being healthy. What you need to do is you need to head over to their website, healthiq.com SASP for our Strength and Speed podcast. Once you get over to their website, you're going to have to take a health IQ quiz, and that's going to see if you qualify for lower rates on your life insurance. Plus, you can get additional savings by submitting actual data, so things like race results, Strava, RunKeeper, or any other application that you use to actually track your fitness. 56% of health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. So if you're with another life insurance agency and you're not taking advantage of all the fitness work you're putting in on your spare time, then you need to switch companies right now. Car insurance companies give you lower rates for being a good driver. There's no reason that health insurance companies shouldn't give you a lower rate for being a healthier person by doing things like training, running, lifting weights, and participating in our favorite sport, OCR. You don't have to be an elite athlete to qualify. You just have to be the type of person who's putting in a little bit of time and effort to make yourself healthier. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are that's you. So head on over to healthiq.com SASP and see if you qualify for lower rates today. This is your host, Evan Preparis. You'll have to excuse the first couple minutes of audio on this podcast. My voice does not sound as clear as usual. It comes out a little echoey, but it, I can assure you it clears up a couple minutes in. So just stay with us. Great episode with Derek Jacobs. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Strength and Speed podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis. I do have a special guest joining, to me, joining me today, which I'm very excited about. Not the usual type of athlete we bring on to the podcast. Um, one of the things we like to do on Strength and Speed, if you're just joining us for the first time, is pull in athletes from other sports and try to learn some lessons learned and ha- see how they can be applied to OCR to make ourselves better at OCR athletes. Well, today on the podcast, we have someone who is a competitive eater and an OCR athlete. So uh, we have Derek Jacobs on the podcast. I'm going to read through a little bit of his bio, and then we'll get started. So Derek started a competitive eating almost three years ago, doing restaurant challenges, and he's beaten 84 of those so far. Uh, you can find information on which ones he's beaten on foodchallenges.com profile, which I'm assuming is like athletics, but for competitive eating. Uh, then he also signed with Major League Eating last year and completed in six contests with them, placing in the money. So I would classify him as a professional eater. Uh, he's ranked 21 in the world for competitive eating. First OCR in 2014. First trifecta was last year. And then a couple other ones over the years. Also practices jiu-jitsu, judo, hapkido, five days a week. So Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> so first, I, uh, yeah. Sorry. yeah, so first of all... Um, one, I'll tell you how I found you. I was watching Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship, <laughs> which I watch every yeah. year. Like, it's a it's a 4th of July ritual. And I'm watching it, and this dude walks on the screen, and they have the little blurbs underneath him. And it's like, 
Derek Jacobs, obstacle course racer. And I was like, what? There's an obstacle course racer. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you, yeah. You ca- you caught the uh, ten seconds I was on the screen. I think in the whole that whole sh- the whole hour. But you know, yeah, it was good to have the little bird there. Still, I mean, so I was super excited because most people don't even know that term, right? Like most people will say I'm a Spartan racer, you know. And right. So I was excited to see the word obstacle course racer on TV. Uh, I was excited to see you there, even though, like you said, I, I don't think we saw you again for the rest of the contest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then randomly I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed, and I forgot I was looking for some other post to repost, and I saw your name, the, the Instagram post I made, and I was like, I should look this dude up. So uh, I looked you up, found you. It turns out you were at Abominable Snow Race, the same race I was at, you know, a couple weeks before uh, me reaching out to you, and... Didn't know who you were at the time, so I didn't say hi, but I got you eventually. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So before we get started, let's I, – I think most people are going to want to know, like, some stats on you. So let's go height, weight, and age. Um, okay, so I am actually pretty tall, 6'5", um, about 195 pounds, uh, you know, today. It varies, varies a little bit for me you know, with the competitive eating and whatnot, but uh, generally I hover around there, and uh, I am 35. Okay, so not – I feel like competitive eating might be a young man's game, but I guess we'll get into that. Um, yeah, yeah we, can, yeah, we can get into that. <laughs> but so you, your food challenges profile says you've beaten 84 challenges, so give us kind of a rundown of some of the challenges you've beaten and kind of the ones you're most proud of, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so the, so the restaurant challenges uh, – you know, it's been pretty much all types of food. I think anything you can think of, there's generally a restaurant that has a challenge somewhere for that. Um, I travel a little bit for work, and so when I do, I try and use that website to kind of hunt out where I can, you know, local restaurants in that area that I can go and just get, score a free meal. Um, I've, at this point, I've pretty much exhausted all the challenges within a, you know, couple-hour radius of my house, so... Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. But I think, you know, with some of the bigger ones uh, I've done um, was a eight pounds of uh, Cincinnati-style chili mac, which uh, if you're not from around here, it's it's got like cinnamon in it. Uh, it's like cinnamony chili, so it, that was a little interesting. Um, about I do some uh, team pizza challenges. There are a lot of big, giant pizzas that I have a partner that I like to do those with. Uh, you know, I've done a few of those. They're usually around 13 pounds, 14 pounds. Um, I did a 72-ounce steak in Amarillo, Texas with, that came with a baked potato, three fried shrimp, side salad, and a dinner roll. That's a pretty famous one. I think uh, that was on, you know, back in the Man vs. Food days. Uh, Six-pound Sunday. Yeah, but my, my, my favorite, hands down, I think, restaurant challenge is the breakfast foods and especially pancakes. I'm a huge fan of pancakes, but... Cool. So, I mean, that sounds really impressive. I, I, yeah. I know I could not do anywhere near any of that stuff. Um, are there any challenges that have beaten you? Um, you, you know, there have been in the in the in the, in the since I started. Uh, I've redeemed quite a bit of those. Um, you know, like some of the larger breakfast. Some, like I said, there was a breakfast challenge that uh, got me the first time, but I've since gone back and gotten it. The really, I think the only two outstanding. Uh, challenges I have right now uh, that I haven't redeemed and I might never is a, a biscuits and gravy. I think it was like eight some pounds of biscuits and gravy. Uh, it's making and me it nauseous. Less, 
Make and it was it, yeah, and that's the kind of the thing. It was, it was less the size, I think, on that one, and more just the uh, some of the places, some of the restaurants are, are really nice, really uh, like awesome establishments, and some of them are kind of dirty. And uh, that one in particular, I uh, you know got about halfway through, and I was just kind of like grossed out by the whole place, and the, the the gravy tasted a little off, and I was like, I probably shouldn't eat any of this, let alone eight pounds of it. So I just was like, I'm gonna call this one and take the loss and. Live to fight another day. Right on. So how did this all start? Were you at like a restaurant and there was a challenge and you just found out you had a knack for it? Or was this something that you, you know, maybe saw Nathan's hot dog eating competition on TV and started specifically training for it? Yeah, so uh, the restaurant challenges were definitely where I started first before I got into into any of the real competitive stuff. And the way that came about was pretty much, um, I think, up to you know about 30 31 uh i was uh, quite a bit larger uh you know around the waist uh and then right about then i started trying to eat healthier uh you know lose some weight be a lot more active uh, and it's kind of the same story on how i got into the ocr stuff where you know i'm just trying to you know live an overall better fitness type of life and eat healthy and so I was I was tracking uh, my macros and stuff like that and calories wise and uh, doing a lot of weight training and eating these uh, you know kind of getting to some of those where I eat in a window and I was eating these large meals because I was eating like clean food like a lot of vegetables a lot of like white chicken and stuff like that and so I I I'd pretty much try and get in I'd still be needing a lot of calories and I try and get these big uh, calorie meals with like you know healthier foods in kind of all in one sitting after my workout and I was getting to the point where I was like noticing I was like man I'm I'm really eating a lot of food here and I saw uh the website the food challenges website and uh the the owner of that has a has a YouTube page and I'll give him a plug his name's Randy Santel uh he has about 500 plus uh, food challenge wins he travels all over the country and I saw uh you can use that website to kind of find out where there are restaurants in your area have challenges and there was a, uh, a diner uh, pretty close to me uh, that had a breakfast sandwich challenge, which was two uh, like nine-inch big Belgian waffles, uh, gravy, sauce, like two half-pound sausage patties, a bunch of eggs, potatoes, all this stuff. Uh, I think it was around four pounds or so, and I noticed that and I was like, you know, I could I, I could eat that, you know, that, you know, it's it's not a big bowl of broccoli, but I I you know. It, it's a cheap meal, you know, why not? Um, so I went in there, uh, took it on, and did, you know, fairly well. Pretty like, well, I could do that. So then I did, I was like, well, what else do they got around here? And there was a barbecue place in town, and they had a barbecue challenge. So I was like, well, I'll go there. And I just, so I did that one. And then, I, you know, they get a little bit addicting, uh, you know, in a, in a fun way, because, you know, that, that thrill of winning. And, uh, yeah, I just kept doing them and doing them. And, you know, it took me a while, actually, to kind of get my first loss so I had a good winning streak in there to begin with and I was like this is pretty fun and then you know like I said with traveling with work and all that stuff I just do one and pick one up here and kind of I had a chance to meet the the owner of that website and you know we actually did a team pizza challenge together uh, around for like my 25th win I think and uh, yeah it just kind of continued on as a fun little hobby Uh, you know I didn't take it too seriously for a while you know just because I was having, you know, it was, wasn't too much of a struggle with the restaurant stuff. But then, um, I don't know, yeah, I can talk about the, uh, you know, how the, how 
kind of last year that kind of turned into the, the competitive way. Um, if you want, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm ram- I'm, I tend to ramble a bit, but yeah. So the um, like I said, kind of you know, I I was doing the the food challenges and it was fun, and but I had kind of exhausted all the ones near me, and I was like, well, let's see what else can I do. And I looked at some, uh, you know, started looking up some places that had like the com- competitions, you know, the heads up competitions. I'm like, oh, I'm a pretty good eater. I know I can eat a lot at this point. Um, so actually, like the first, uh, really, I mean, I think I did maybe one or two kind of backyard, you know, uh, small town fair eating contests uh, for a while, or you know, one, like maybe two or three, uh, and then I signed up on the MLE website. Uh, to do the Nathan's hot dog eating qualifier. Um, so I'm not sure if everyone knows how the Nathan's contest works. Uh, MLE has a bunch of contests throughout the Inter- I'm going to interrupt for a second. For so, those those who don't know, MLE is Major League Eating. Yes, Major League yes. Eating. So keep yeah. going. Okay. Um, yeah, so they have – Major League Eating is pretty much – I guess I'll give them a little bit of a yeah, more explanation. The You know, they're the – kind of the governing body of all, I think they say, you know, gastrointestinal uh, sports or something like that. And uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll have a bunch of contests kind of starting, uh, you know, early spring into late fall, kind of the same, you know, time frame as OCR racing. And uh, one of the, usually it's just one-off competitions here and there for, you know, depending on the sponsors, different types of food, stuff like that. But their big one, obviously, is the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest on the 4th of July. And the way you get into that contest is by qualifying uh, at one of the events that they have all around the country. So the one that I uh, came across or noticed was in Cincinnati. And I actually, I live in Dayton, uh, Ohio. And, uh, they have and they had it at the Reds game, uh, you know, after a Reds game one day, and I so I was like, I'll sign up for that. I'll go, you know. I work and it was on a Friday night, and I worked uh, all that day, and just kind of was like, I'll just show up, and I, you know, went went to the game, and I remember they were playing the uh, they were playing the Rockies, and they they were losing hard, so the game was lasting for a long, long time, and I was starving, and uh, yeah, I, I you know there was I kind of lucked out or kind of maybe not really lucked out but I was ready and had practiced a little bit beforehand and ended up doing fairly well I got 23 uh, hot dogs in 10 minutes um, for that event and which was good enough to win that qualifier so I got to go to New York to go to the Coney you know for the Coney Island uh, finals essentially on uh, 4th of July so uh, after that uh, you know I signed with them and uh, I do. I've done a couple other, about five other contests uh, last year, which was my my rookie season, and uh, it's been pretty good. We, I did a an ice cream eating contest at the Indiana State Fair, uh, moon pies uh, in a, in a, at the Bass Pro Shop in Memphis, uh, bratwursts here in Cincinnati at the Oktoberfests, and uh, uh, shrimp uh, St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail eating contest in. Uh, in Indianapolis as well for the Big Ten tailgate party, so it's a lot of interesting uh, things, and uh, you know it's it's just kind of a, been a wild, w- wacky w- ride. Yeah, so so I don't know much beyond Nathan's hot dog eating competition, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the one that's televised, and everything else you'd have right. to go and research. So, what yeah. kind of prizes or prize money are we talking about here at these events? Um, so generally, the uh, 
contests have a prize about it's somewhere between fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars for first place and down to usually about uh fifth or sixth they'll usually pay out fifth or sixth place, which is whatever you know less those are usually like a uh, hundred or so dollars uh you know like a hundred and fifty dollars maybe so I usually finish I finished quite a few you know quite a few times around like third or fourth last year, which was usually maybe which was usually maybe about uh, uh three or four hundred dollars nice so. that's not that's good is there um is there an entry fee to get into these i'm assuming actually no um you know it's generally uh the 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 spons- there's they're sponsored uh by a, a company um so obviously nathan's is sponsored by nathan's that kind of thing uh so actually anybody that wants to sign up for one of their contests can go to the website and uh, sign up for uh, any contest that they have listed uh, as, as upcoming. Uh, you don't have to be, they have, we have, you know, there's signed people and there's ranked eaters uh, like myself, um, but the contests are open to anybody. So it's very, you know, just like me when I, on my first time, you can just go to the website, sign up, and you can give it a shot if you, if you think you've got the, you know, got the guts, you know. Cool. <laughs> so do the individual athletes or eaters, do they have individual? Like, do you have individual sponsors? Like, does Joey Chestnut have some some big sponsor backing him, or is he just? Um, you know, I think with Joey, because with his popularity, I I I think that you know they they might, and I'm not sure. Kind of, you know, they might he might be on the payroll for them a little bit to come out to some certain events, and they you know do publicity and stuff like that. Uh, and I know he has a a mustard brand coming out now. Um, Does he really? Something, something, yeah. But I think for the most part, uh, most of the eaters are, uh, you know, kind of into have that aren't really sponsored. I think they're they kind of come out for their own on their own dime, hoping to win money. You know, they pay for their own travel usually, uh, but do it uh, for the kind of for the love of the the sport, so to speak. Um, there's you know a lot of people. There's a lot of a lot of events every year besides Nathan, so I think most people go to as many as they, they they want to. Or you know, usually there's a couple that are fairly local for me at least. You know, so. So uh, what's your recovery time between events? Like, can you do an event Saturday and then do another one the following Saturday? Like, do you does your stomach and mind can you handle that? Yeah, um, you know, the the I I definitely recover for me a lot faster from the food stuff than I uh, do from the races. Um, but because uh, for me, I think usually uh, the, uh, a competitive uh, event will be timed and limited to maybe uh, usually about ten minutes, or as you never longer than that really, and maybe down to six uh, at the at the at the least. So in that time frame, it's really about uh, you know sounds funny, but it's about a technique on how to eat. You know, you see the guys on Nathan's uh, where they're you know they're taking the dogs out eating those separate than the buns and dunking the buns and there's there's a method there um and it becomes more of you know how fast can you eat more than what's the you know how much can you actually physically fit you know into you and uh so you're not completely full and the recovery is a little bit easier um for me for the competitions than it would be for maybe like say a you know especially large restaurant challenge you know because those can last you know, as long as it takes, you know, they usually give you up to like an hour for the larger ones. And so it's, you know, that, those can be kind of rough. 
Interesting. I never, I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. So what does your training look like? Like, do you do specific... I think I've seen on some documentaries, like, guys drinking gallons of water to kind of try to expand their stomach. Do you do anything like that, or, you know, what's your yeah, I mean, method here? I, yeah, I, I think the, the the water thing is part of it. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, you got to be careful with that. And obviously, it's one of those things that no one would ever... Uh, recommend for somebody who's not used to it uh or you know you got to be careful with the water but uh (laughs) the a lot of times though what i'll try and do is just for the training you know it's usually a little bit safer a better idea and you know a little more effective to you know you actually want to eat food to practice eating it makes you know sense to you know if you're going to practice something you should do it yeah sports Um, specificity that makes sense right so uh, you know, I'll, if it's an event or like a specific food that I want to practice, like hot dogs, then I'll, you know, you, there's really no other way than just to eat hot dogs. Um, sometimes, you know, for training, just to kind of work on your, you know, capacity-wise, you can, like I said, eat. A lot of people will eat like large quantities of like vegetables, like you know, broccoli, uh, lettuce is a popular one. I know some people like uh, grapes. Uh, I'm not a big fan of grapes, but you know stuff like that. Lower calorie, high density foods um, is usually a kind of a more sustainable way of of training than you know you know eating a ton of hot dogs every day or every other day as or as often as you can. Because you want to you do want to give yourself from training like that some time to recover, you know, kind of clean, you know, let it all work your work its way through you. Yeah. So before you do it again. So I've done one eating challenge, but it wasn't a quantity thing. It was a spicy thing. And it was, oh, yeah. some, it was some restaurant in New York that had, like, super hot curry. And I was eating it, and I was, like, visibly sweating. And I had to, like, shovel a bunch in my mouth and then, like, swallow and kind of wait a couple of seconds or, you know, a minute mm-hmm. or something before I ate, ate some more. And the, the actual eating it wasn't so bad. The next day when it came out of my system was pretty awful. Like, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when you're down, you know, uh, however many hot dogs you eat at Nathan's Hot Dog, like, is the aftermath bad? <laughs> is well, a nice it, way of saying it. it. it yeah, I know. And it's, and it's I'm fine talking about it because it is one of those things, you know, when you're dealing with eating a bunch of food, you know, it's got to go somewhere. Um, you know, it, it does depend on the food. I, I don't do a lot of spicy stuff. I have in the past, but never in enough quantity where it's really wrecked me. And I, I like spicy food, so it's I maybe have a you know I have pretty good tolerance for it. Uh, a lot of things like like hot dogs. You know, you might be uncomfortable and full that day, um, but for me, you know, once I I maybe take a nap and sleep it off, you know, digest a little bit, and I don't really have you know maybe besides maybe a little bit of you know, bloating the next day, uh, not really any side effects. But the one thing you do want to watch out for, uh, or that that that's, that's that bugs that gets to me sometimes is um, the sugary stuff. Uh, the main one of the contests I did, which was the moon pies, and I, I don't know if everybody knows moon pies, but they're like a basically a s'more turned inside out. It's like a round, uh, soft graham cracker with a sandwich with marshmallow in it, and then the whole thing's covered in chocolate. It's about the uh, you know, you know, size of a small bowl. Uh, but you eat a bunch of those. You know, I think I ate like 30 of them in in, in eight minutes or something like that. And that sugar, you know, gets start gets in there and starts fermenting a little bit. And you know, it gives kind of gives you a kind of a rumble in your stomach that you know just is uncomfortable and 
you know, yeah, making a lot of gas and stuff like up and down <laughs> the rest of the week or, you know, a few days at least. One of my friends did the Krispy Kreme challenge, which is like a two-mile run. You eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and two-mile yeah. run back. Uh, it's held annually in North Carolina. And he yeah. said, yeah, obviously the run out was fine. The donuts was rough but not too bad. He said the run back was pretty bad. He said, but the worst part was he felt like he had – he felt like the hangover from that was worse than like drinking. Because yeah. of the sugar, like the sugar yeah. high and then the sugar crash. Um, right. So. Yeah they they have an they have an event. Uh, there's, there's a couple events kind of similar to this, but there's one up, uh, close by me that another one of the MLE guys does, and he wins every year. Um, it's called the the Tour de Donut, where it's a, basically a 36 mile bike race, and for every donut you eat along the way, they'll knock five minutes off your time. <laughs> So he, I think he he finished with a negative time. He's he's pretty. He's like a uh, an Ironman or like an ultra marathon athlete too. Um, he finished like a negative time. Ate like 44 donuts. I think I ate like 33, and I finished in like I think I finished in like 12 minutes. You know, for for a 36 mile race, that was my time. 12 minutes. So I got second. That was fun. You know, nothing like riding a bike. You know, full of you know 30 some donuts. It's, so do, do it's, you eat, it's a different feeling. Do you eat them all at the beginning, all at the end, or in the middle, or can I like ride and eat at the same time? I, I think I think what I did on that one, if I remember, is I ate about uh, a two dozen at the beginning. Tried pretty much got to right up to the point where I was, you know, anymore, and I would have been a little uncomfortable because I think they had like two stations. So the first station I ate like, you know, about two dozen, and then was kind of like okay. And then rode to the next station, and that's where I tried to really kind of push it. And then just kind of, you know, for the rest of the race, it was just like, all right, we just got to focus on, you know, one foot in front of the other here for the rest of this. Cause it was kind of a little bit miserable, but you know, it was it was fun. So yeah. one one of the things obviously we do for OCR when we're trying to race competitively at our peak potential is taper leading into the race. So what is a food taper slash like the week or day before the race kind of look like or the day before the competitive eating event look like well i know a lot of guys will go to um you know i know uh, go to like a liquid diet almost uh you know a few days leading up to the race you know and make sure you know your your kind of whole body's cleaned out you don't you know have any you know you don't want to take like a huge meal in um you know the night before if you can help it <laughs> but uh, so yeah, it's it's more of a like more of a like a clean out. I think uh, you know a couple guys if it's a later event, um, you know they'll, they'll they'll maybe do a little bit of like a, a water, uh, not a lot of water, but a little bit of water, uh, just to kind of keep the stomach from kind of constricting on them, you know, since it's you don't really have any food in there, you know, throughout the day, and then kind of you know letting that work its way out until you know up to the event. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that'd probably be the closest comparison is just kind of, you know, making sure your 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 stomach's rested more or your, you know, stomach's prepared rather than, you know, your body. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I've been through a couple of training events for my job where they don't feed me very often. And yeah. your stomach definitely does shrink because we would, <laughs> you know, we'd get out of the out of the training environment after spending, you know, sometimes two weeks, sometimes like two months doing this stuff. And people would be like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to eat so much stuff, I'm going to eat so much stuff. And then you eat, like, what would be considered a normal amount, and you're like, I'm so full, I'm going to throw yeah. up. Like, because yeah. your stomach is just not used to holding all that food. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny because like everyone's like, "Oh man, your stomach must be huge," and it's like, "Well, you know, if you look at you know these competitive eaters guys, the the stomach, you know, it, when it's empty, is it still shrinks down in the normal size of a normal person. You never be able to know, but it's just that ability for the competitive eater guys that when you start putting stuff in it, it can expand a lot more than you know the normal person. <laughs> yeah, like um, Matty Stone, the guy who usually comes in second, I think he's beaten mm. Joey Chestnut at Hot Dog, uh, Nathan's Hot Dog yeah, once, once maybe. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, the, the dude has like abs. He's a small Asian guy with, with abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I, that's that was another thing I wanted to bring up. You know, it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, man, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I get called skinny quite a bit, which always bugs me because I'm not definitely not a, a – uh, you know, a fat. You know, I don't have a lot of fat on me, but I, I do. You know, lift weights a little bit. I'm always a little bit offended. I'm like, come on, on. You know, I look like I lift a little bit. Come on, you know, what, you call me skinny. You're like, but and I never do get called skinny except when I'm trying to eat like a six pound cheeseburger. So I find it, you know, a little bit ironic. But the, uh, yeah, it, it's they're always like, oh, it's always the skinny guys, and it's it's true because I think, uh, and you'll find that a lot of the upper ranked you know really world you know bet you know best of the competitive eater people are fairly fairly fit i mean i know matt stoney is uh carmen who got second place uh, last year you know he's a pretty fit guy there's uh there are several uh professional trainers within the you know top 50 of competitive eating ranked i think there's a you know there's a a professional wrestler uh there's a couple uh uh, you know, like I said, there's a you know marathon guy that's done a does a marathon every every month. You know, so I think you know it'd, it'd be surprising to most people how how fit most of the competitive eaters uh, that you'll find are. So why do you think that is? Why do you think these people who are fit can are also doing well at competitive eating? Well, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, people, uh, you know, they understand. You know the you know balance. You know it's all it all comes down to the nutrition. You know they uh, they know how to you know what their bodies need and they know when they can you know when they can eat crazy and when they you know dial it back um, and really have a, a a good you know level of and you know the people that are, are are healthy and you know have a you know pretty you know into fitness have that mentality of you know the training being able to commit to the training that it takes. A lot of the times, because you know, a lot of it is uncomfortable. Um, but I mean, just in terms of pure practicality, on why I think the the, the thinner people do better is, you know, there is, uh, you know, if you don't have, you know, there's they've been, you know, looked at it before. You know, if you don't have a large amount of, you know, belly fat, you know, around your midsection, you're actually, uh, you know, your stomach's able to expand more uh, than normal, you know, because it's not restricting. You know, you don't have that level of layer of fat restricting it. And then, um, you know, most people would be surprised to say, that, you know, there's a lot of conditioning, you know, cardio that goes into competitive eating too because, you know, when you're when you're eating uh, so heavy like that, you have to be able to control your breathing as well. So um, I think Joey's talked about this in the past too where, you know, for a 10-minute competition – if you are, you know, just eating and eating and eating, you, you can get winded, uh, you know, fairly easily just because you, if you don't have a good, uh, you know, way to, you know, regulate your breathing and the calm down, you know, then find that rhythm. And that all comes from, you know, the same thing that, you know, fitness, you know, all the fitness things come from too. 
Cool. No, I think that's very interesting. Some definitely some good points there. So you personally, let's talk about you personally and going from between OCR and uh, competitive eating. So what lessons do you think you or maybe someone else can take away from competitive eating and apply to OCR? Um. So you know, the I think I think one of the big things I was you know when I was thinking about this before was uh, surprisingly for uh, for for competitive eating there's there's a lot of strategy into it you know it, it some of the events are you know it's just you know shovel it in but um, there's always a game plan and some tactics uh, you want to do and I think you know even for the restaurant stuff there's methods on how you want to approach a challenge and I kind of think of it in the same way that you want to approach an obstacle at the races there's I know there's certainly a lot of, or I found in the, you know, the few races I've done, and and let me just say, like, you know, it, it's pretty. I'm pretty honored to to be here because I, I I took a scroll through some of the uh, competitors that you've had on here in the past, and you know they put my uh, obstacle course racing, uh, you know, spread, uh, rap sheet to shame. But um, you know, I'm just I'm just a humble humble uh, humble guy, you know, trying to do as best he can. But the um, I, I have noticed, like I said, in in the you know, in the way that you can approach uh, some of these obstacles that you find a lot of these races is there's there's, an, there's there's harder ways to do it and there's easier ways to do it. You know, um, one of the things I think about, you know, is like how the you know there's several methods of getting over walls. Uh, walls are one of my favorite obstacles because uh, you know I'm pretty good at them. You know, I'm six foot five, so it's it's a little I have a little bit of an unfair advantage. Um, but some of the uh, you know the the hanging things uh, with the, the you know the, with the spinning and all and the, or the the slanted walls with the ropes and the handholds, and you got you know where to put your feet and stuff like that. And uh, you, you know, there's if you if you know a, a way to do it, or you know even a spear throw, you know, well, you know how do you you know what's the best way to throw that? Uh, you know, you have to kind of go in with the game plan, kind of know what you're doing, not just you know run right at it, tackle it, and hope for the best. Um, you know, kind of that you know like I, I have a buddy you know says win before you begin. Uh, and, and you know, as funny as it sounds to kind of compare the two, you know, food challenges are the same way. You know, uh, if you, for example, are eating a large burger, which is the most common kind of you know restaurant challenge you'll find, uh, a lot of people would say eat the meat first um, because you don't want to eat that cold. You know, uh, it, and it's it's easier to go down. You don't have to drink as much water. Uh, you know, and then. You know, maybe eat the you know you just come with fries. Eat the fries last. Well, what do you uh, you know start with what? What do you drink? You start with water with the meat. Uh, you know, keep it cool down. You don't really need a whole lot. But when the you know when you start getting full and that flavor gets to you and you get to the fries or get to the carbs and the bread or whatever you like whatever it happened may be, switch to soda. Uh, you know, like a diet soda. Ironically, a diet soda. Uh, and everyone's like, well, that seems counterintuitive. It's you know, it's it's bubbly. It's gonna you know you know take up more room. And it's like, well, it helps break down the carbs you know in your mouth. You know, when you're when you're when you're trying to you know eat a big piece of bread, it's a big it's night and day difference to you know wash it down with the soda. And then once the soda gets in your stomach, it helps work kind of those air pockets loose, and you can kind of you know shim help shimmy things around and make more room. So you know it. I think you know one of the that's probably one of the big things for me the you know lessons that I or things that I kind of think about that I apply to both 
you know, competitive eating in that is, you know, the, you know, have a game plan, uh, you know, be prepared, uh, you know, and, and know kind of what you're up against, what's what you're going in for, and you know how you're going to approach it. Cool. So, c- can you tell if you can finish a challenge before you do it? Like, is there a do you have any sort of scientific method, or you just kind of look at it and you're like, yeah, I could do that. Well, uh, not not yeah, not not to brag too much, but I think I kind of at this point in my career, most of the uh, restaurant challenges you'll find are you know a little bit smaller um, than what you know are well within my kind of range, I guess I would say. But you know, when I first started, definitely, um, you know, I could if they you know they sit in front of you, uh, and the web the, the, that website uh, is pretty good for this kind of letting you know what the challenge is going to be and unless they're you know completely inconsistent with it you can have a good idea what you're going up against but yeah i think if i you know i can look at something now and say you know that's probably within my you know within my ability um and i think there's there's usually a point too where you know you know certain certain way in you're kind of like okay i got this and you can kind of you know kind of coast to the finish line you know or not you know if, if if you need to but um then and there there have definitely been times you know like I said in the past where I've you know I've been I've been to a point where I could keep going um, but I'm I know I'm not going to get there uh, you know it, and it's you know a little too much and so yeah you got you got to kind of know your know your abilities definitely for you know to where you're at right on. So we talked a lot about kind of the micro, what I would describe as like the micro level of competitive eating and how that relates to OCR. I like to kind of pull back a little bit and go more for a macro level. So one of the things that's a hot topic in OCR is a unifying governing body. Mm-hmm. Now, major major league eating would be the governing body of competitive eating. So right. assuming you can you can talk about this, you know, what are the, some of the positive and negative aspects that have come out of having a governing body over competitive eating? Like I remember a couple of years ago, Kobayashi, the guy who used to always was back and forth with Joey Chestnut, right? Um, stopped showing up to Nathan's, and I don't know all the details, but I think it was something having to do with him wanting to compete outside of major league eating or something like that. Right. So for for the contests, um, major league eating does have a kind of a you know you're assigned you know competitor, you're one you know one of their guys, and you kind of sign on with them to be able to do their contest. Like I said, most people, if you kind of are coming in right off the street, you can you can just join a contest, join online. But if you're, if they know you and they know you're, you know, a, you know, a contender, or so to speak, um, they'll, they'll have you, you know, have you come in and, you know, sign on with them. And when you do that, it gives you kind of a priority uh, invitation to the events, um, you know, you you get first come, you get first come, or, for, or first you get first serve, I should say, on uh, on on what you want to do, on when you sign up for things. But you they don't they don't want you to kind of do other uh, you know heads up competitions. Um, so there's kind of a uh, you know a split um, between the eaters. You know, the kind of the best competitive eaters in the country are either signed up with MLE. Or um, kind of part of this kind of loosely based, uh, you know, independent league uh, called All Pro Eaters, uh, and they don't they don't really have as many um, kind of main events uh, 
uh, like MLE does. So MLE throws its own events. The the all pro guy, the all pro people are kind of ind- are independent, so they can go around and do kind of whatever contest happens to be like a bar or like a county fair or something like that. Um, and you know, I think there's a place uh, for everybody in one of those two uh, realms. I have friends in MLE and I have friends uh, in the all pro guys. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody really holds, you know, there's no big beef between the two. Uh, you know, it depends on kind of what your goals are uh, for for the contest. Uh, for me personally, like I was saying, uh, I mentioned maybe before we started, you know, with uh, with my schedule, you know, I you know work a lot. I'm, I have other hobbies, you know, martial arts, the OCR stuff. Uh, you know, I don't have every weekend to commit to going on to contests. I like personally for me, I like to do you know five or six a year. Uh, and if I'm going to do five or six a year, I would like them to be you know awesome like huge contests. So that's the thing with MLE. All their events are you know widely advertised to publicize. You know Nathan's obviously is the main one, but uh, you know there's usually. Uh, quite a large crowd at any event that I've, I've I've been to so far. So, you know, these contests are you know you go there's you know maybe a couple hundred, couple almost you know more than a thousand people in this in the crowd, you know, and there and that and that's and that's awesome having them watch watch that. Um, but you know, so it's a trade off. You know, you do I for me I do fewer but bigger events. Uh, with MLE than some of my friends who do smaller events where they're the big fish in the little pond and they go around, you know, do two or three a weekend, you know, just bouncing around and, and end up, you know, cleaning up and making a, a decent amount of money, but with a lot of travel and a lot of time. Um, so, you know, it, I, I, either either one's, uh, you know, pretty good. I, and, and the one thing I will say about MLE too, I do like their, they have a pretty good commitment um, to safety. Uh, you know, there's been some stuff in the news. I think last year in particular, there was a couple, you know, eating contests where people choked to death and and died. Unfortunately, died. And um, but with, one thing with MLE is they they do always have paramedics on standby. Um, you know, in case somebody does you know choke because you know it's a very real possibility. Um, and a lot of time and mostly and they also have kind of make sure the foods are you know, on the safer side, you know, you're never going to have a, a hard shell taco eating contest in an MLE event, you know, that's something or something, you know, that can kind of hurt you or do, you know, do some damage, you know, and so, you know, sometimes some of these independent, you know, the, uh, you know, random restaurants and stuff, they'll do, you know, something that may be a little bit ill-advised and they won't really be prepared for what happens if somebody starts, you know, choking in the middle of the contest kind of thing. So, you know, yeah, there's there's pros and cons, but I think generally it's mostly, you know, everyone is pretty pretty positive with everyone else. So. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound that much unlike OCR. Yeah. Um, so I think kind of interesting there. How do you get signed with? So anyone can sign up for the MLE website, like you originally said. Right. How did you end up getting signed to their? I guess would be, like for us, would be like the equivalent of like their pro team or whatever. Um, yeah. Did Did you reach out to them or did they? reach out to you um so yeah so when i signed up for when i signed up for the qualifier which was my first event with them ever um 
I was an unknown, so they just I just signed up. I didn't. I showed up to the contest and I got to compete. I, I wasn't a you know a contract person or anything. And uh, but because I won, um, for Nathan's in particular uh, to get the trip to New York, because what the if you win a qualifier, they will they they'll fly you and a guest out to New York. Uh, for a couple of days, it puts you up in a hotel. You know, you'll have, you know, you can go to all the, all the press stuff for Nathan's, and obviously, you know, be on the show. Um, so they, you know, if you win a qualifier, they'll they'll, they'll have you, you know, they'll kind of insist that you you sign up uh, for that if you're, you know, if you want to participate when you know into the, in the on Fourth of July. Uh, other people that I'm friends with that have kind of come on outside of Nathan's. Uh, like I said, you know, they 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 signed up for a contest, kind of, as, you know, on their own as an unknown, um, and did and did, if they do fairly well, um, you know, and want and, and want to do another one, they'll kind of, you know, you'll kind of, I guess you'll kind of end up on their radar, uh, so to speak, where you know, like, oh, we we know this person, uh, they're they're good, you know, they 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 could, you know, they're gonna probably finish in the money, so we want them to kind of come on on come on board, um. And then, and you know, so they'll ask you to ask you to sign up if you want to, you know, do any more at that point. Um, as as for the rankings, uh, they, they, those are kind of uh, kind of hit all over the place. Not really all over the place. Actually, it was to say they kind of it's kind of a mystery on to when and why they're updated. Uh, I think when I first started, I was like 22, uh, and then they they updated after Nathan's um, and to make me 21. Uh, hopefully this year um, I'll, I'll go up, but uh, the I think a lot of, a lot of it's a lot of the ranking is based on uh, Nathan's in particular, just because, and I think it's just because it is an event that so many people, uh, so many of the ranked eaters participate in. It's you know it's it's pretty clear you know this person ate this many, this person ate this many, and you can kind of list people in that order. So a lot of the rankings are just based on hot dog numbers. So obviously, like Joey's number one because he eats like you know 72, you know, and then and it kind of goes from there. For um, so some of the you know top five guys, they kind of look at other you know they look at other stuff because those guys do show up to almost you know every other event you know a lot of other events too, so they can kind of use you know more things to gauge their ranking by. But uh, for me, they just yeah they they gave me that ranking after the qualifier pretty quickly after the qualifier actually just because based on based on hot dog numbers at that point because that was all I had done so far, really. Yeah, it presents a great challenge when you're trying to rank people and there's so many different types of food and type, you know, essentially distances, you know, time periods for each competitive eating event. Right. Um, not on, Again, not unlike OCR. You know, in the past, OCR has tried to do a ranking. So the OCR World Championships that had a ranking in 2015 and they kind of run into the same problem. You know, they had... Guys showing up to the big events and where the competition's real high, but at the same time, you could get just as many points for doing well in like a local ev- or a sm- maybe not a local event, but like a smaller event that's still a world championship qualifier. So I ended up doing a bunch of the um, some of the maybe the, some of the smaller races in the Midwest, and I ended up getting ranked ninth, like according to the OCR World Championships website, which is nice. which is not. <laughs> I would say it's not representative for short distance OCR. <laughs> I, I do well at very long stuff, but for like the shorter stuff, I mean, if I showed up to a 
NBC Spartan race, uh, I would just get blown out of the water. Um, when I have before, I have sh- I, I showed up to one in uh, Palmerton. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it creates a challenge. I know the American Obstacle Course Racing Association is attempting to do another ranking. I haven't looked into it that much, although I, we did have Adrian Bihanata, the owner of OCR World Championships, on this podcast uh, a couple episodes ago. So if anyone wants to hear more about AA, AOCRA, you can go back and listen to that. Um, with Nathan's, so I would consider Nathan's like the Super Bowl or the OCR World Championship of, of competitive eating. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I mean that that is definitely the uh, largest event for the DMLE people. Um, you know, and like I said, there, there's there's a couple other fairly large competitive eating events uh, in the country uh, that don't quite get as much uh, publicity uh, outside of MLE. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and plug like the, I know Philadelphia has their wing bowl every year. That's a fairly large event for the city. Uh, they've been doing that for 20 some years now. They do, I think it's like the weekend before the super actual super bowl. Uh, so that a lot of people go compete in that, um, you know, and, and they, you know, there's, so there's other, I think that's the main one that comes to mind. That's quite as big, but, or it's fairly large, but definitely not, anywhere in the realm of you know the spectacle that is that is nathan's it's 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 something else yes i went to nathan's hot dog eating contest um as a spectator not as a participant clearly in i want to say it was 2014 it was the year joey chestnut broke the record and he got 69 which he has since then broken again Uh, i can't remember exactly what do you remember the year well, I'm trying to think. Uh, I know he, he, Stoney lost, or Stoney beat him in 2015, I believe. And then I think, I can't remember what he got in 2016. That was his comeback. Uh, I, but yeah, I either, either 16 or, or 16 or 14 would have been when he won some, yeah, he would have won, he would have won those years. Yeah. So we, we went to that. It was cool. It's cool to see live. Uh, I was actually standing on a parking meter so I could see. <laughs> Which was kind of an imp- impressive uh, balancing act. It was like wedge my foot between. It was like one of those double parking meters, and I like wedged my foot in between one, and then had like one leg propped up. But that was pretty cool to see live. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about the future for you personally, and then also the future for competitive eating. So what are your future plans for competitive eating? Are you, you going to try to make it back to Nathan's this year? Um, yeah, I'm actually. Uh, it's funny. It's funny you ask because uh, the, the qualifiers have all been announced. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm going to be at the one um, May 18th, which is in Cincinnati, which is uh, after at the at the Reds uh, after the Reds game again. Um, I've been you know training for that a little bit. I actually after as soon as I, I, I get off the, uh, the call with you here, I'm going to go eat eat do some practice, eat some hot dogs. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try and do. I don't know what other contest. I think oh I do have. I have signed up for one other contest so far with them this year, which is a, uh, a mutton sandwich eating contest, which is uh, in, in Kentucky. Uh, kind of, I think the, I think it's the week before the qualifier. But I'm gonna try and probably do about five or six contests that are are close. Uh, you know, I, for me, a lot of it's just uh, you know seeing the people. Uh, made you know a lot of good friends uh, last year. A lot of you know interesting, a lot of very interesting people that do this kind of thing. It's and very welcoming. Um, that, that's one of the comparisons uh, I make about the OCR and the competitive eating is too. Is that the the the, the people that do it 
are all very supportive of one another. Um, I know, you know, OCR is probably one of the the most, you know, ways, you know, most I've ever seen that, you know, maybe not, I don't know about the elite events that you guys do if you, you know, are helping each other, but, uh, you know, a lot of the open events, uh, you know, where you know, everyone's helping each other over obstacles and stuff like that, I think it's really great. And like I said, with, with competitive eating too, it's, you know, they're all big, you know, all big family. Uh, everyone knows each other. And that goes, you know, the big, you know, the big names, the rank guys that go to these events. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna keep trying to do that. Uh, you know, if I uh, travel a little bit more, I'll probably keep doing a couple of restaurant ones, just, you know, just for fun. Uh, you know, you know, it's always fun to try new, try new foods and new places. It's, you know, um, but yeah, for I'm just gonna keep at it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, hope to improve. You know, hoping to improve. I want to, you know, better my my hot dog numbers, I guess, as it were, and, uh, you know, try and, uh, you know, kind of raise my ranking maybe a little bit. Um, but it's, it's gonna, that's going to be a tough road. There's a lot of good guys up there and, and girls. Um, but, you know, and then, and then the, you know, the races, uh, is kind of the same thing. I think, uh, you know, every year I've been doing it, uh, I do, you know, a couple more every year. Uh, like I said, last year was, First year, uh, I did the the, tri- the Spartan trifecta, which I was I was pretty pleased with myself um, for that. But uh, you know, a lot of the races I do are kind of showing. You know, I invite people that I know and friends of mine and you know coworkers and stuff like that to you know race with me. Me and my wife, uh, we race together uh, almost every time, and uh, we invite our friends and stuff to do them to kind of show show them. You know, it's not as intimidating as I think a lot of people imagine it to be uh, and because of the inclusiveness of it and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to keep doing that. I think I've got about – I'm going to try and do a trifecta again this year. I've got uh, two or three other races signed up for so far um, this year as well uh, that I'm going to do. Uh, so at least six. I mean, I know that probably doesn't sound a lot to some of your listeners, I guess. But, you know, when, I, when I'm doing a bunch of, you know, trying to find, you know, the weekends for that and trying to find weekends for the contest and balance and all this stuff, you know, it's, and that's what it is. It's just a balance. You know, I, I tell people like, you know, like, well, how do you how do you eat like that? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I just I just uh, I just ran up a mountain, you know, like I went I went and did the uh, uh, the, the Colorado Spartan uh, in Denver last year. Uh, which was, you know, I think I did the super or yeah, the super. And, uh, immediately after that, I went and ate a, a, a five and a half pound cheesesteak, you know, but I feel like I felt like I earned it at that point, you know, right. So, uh, it, you know, and, and it's, uh, so it's that yin and yang. Uh, you know, I like, that's why I like both having both hobbies because I kind of feel like, you know, they, they balance each other out a little bit. And so I'm going to keep doing both of them for the foreseeable future. Well, that's awesome. I love it, and I'm definitely going to be cheering for you now that I know someone on Nathan's <laughs> hot dog eating comp- yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, if you if you look for it probably hard enough on 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 the, the 18th of May, they'll you'll you can probably find a live stream somewhere. So hopefully I'll be the the favorite for that qualifier. But I'm I'm not counting out anyone else. Just ran you know any yeah. uh, any uh, up and comers like myself. Uh, showing up and, and putting it to me, so I'm 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 being I'm gonna come ready, and so I want to see it. So cool. Well, if you find the link uh, before me, feel free to send it over to me, and I will share it to the main Strength and Speed Facebook page. <laughs> all right, all right. And um, 
as far as the future of Major League Eating, what are your, you know, like OCR is always talking about, like, pushing for the Olympics. Is there any sort of big push in Major League Eating, or, or have people kind of settled into this is where we fit in the, you know, the wide world of sports, and, you know, we're happy with our one, you know, big televised event a year, and then everything else is kind of local and live-streamed? Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would imagine they would they would like – you know, and I, I don't know for sure, you know, I like, can speak to about it too much, but I would imagine, you know, they're they're trying to, uh, you know, get a couple more major events on the docket, you know, because it's, you know, it brings more recognition uh, kind of to the sport. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, right now they are pretty much the, the top dogs too. So, you know, it's, you know, my, you know, so I don't, you know, I don't know how, how much they want to, you know, mess with that, that or, or or what's the new plan? But uh, whatever they end up doing, I'll uh, I'll be ready for it because I'm I'm like I said I'm, I'm it's exciting. All right, sounds great. Before I let you go, any shout-outs or people you want to thank or companies, etc. Uh, no, no, no sponsors uh, yet. But that that you know that'd be that'd be fun. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like the. I just, I'll thank my wife because she, she runs. She kind of got me into the races, or you know, or you know, t- saying she'd do it with me. So, and we do them all together. So, since this is a OCR themed podcast, I'll, I'll thank her for, uh, for, uh, for uh, letting me uh, throw her over the wall, walls all the time. All right, sounds good. I'm gonna have to think of some good uh, competitive eating sponsors, and then yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try to hook you up and use some, use some connections maybe and. Right on, right on. <laughs> Get some things going here. Um, for those of you listening to the podcast, make sure you head over to the Strength and Speed store. Just released uh, my latest book, Mud Run Guides Ultra OCR Bible. So it's for races focused on you know 8 to 24 hours or multi-day type events. So that's available for pre-order now. The books actually will start, will end up in my hands and ship to you on April 19th. So if anyone wants a copy, head over, order soon. Because uh, I'm only, I'm, currently I'm only planning on doing one run of them, so I'm not sure how many, you know, how many I'll have left. But you know, make sure you place that order. Also, running out of leg mitts, so I think for small and large, I'm down to like a couple of pairs. So if you're a small or large leg mitt and you're gonna buy them for toughest mutter, please do so asap. Now we still have a couple medium left. I think about nine medium as of this recording, which is on 30 March. I think that's about wraps it up. Derek, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, I you. thought that was super interesting because <laughs> you know, you watch these guys on TV and you're just you're just like, "What?" Yeah, it's just mind-numbing seeing someone shovel, you know, 10 hot dogs into their mouth, let alone 20, 30, 40, 50, etc. Yeah. Um, so, I thought it was very interesting to get some of the behind the scenes because a lot of times on those shows they they really just kind of touch on it and you know, it's mostly it's kind of like the Spartan show. It's mostly like hype and, you know, there's, yeah. it's like overly dramatized where it's like, yeah. you know, these dudes are, are Trying doing to this make for the rivalry happen. Yeah. 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 So, um, again, thanks for coming on. I thought it was super interesting. I hope everyone else enjoyed it as much as I did and, um, crush it this year at, uh, your Nathan's qualifier. And then the big one, yeah. we're, we're rooting for you. You got, now you got a whole OCR industry cheering you on. Sweet. So. <laughs> And we will uh we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you.